Give praise and honor to the Lord in heaven. As we come together this morning, I want to take a little bit to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the smitten rock. In the verses that Dio read just a moment ago, we see in verse 4 it says, And that rock was Christ. Now, as we look at the smitten rock today, we will recognize the correlation and we will recognize the the significance that that carries for us today. As you begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you open up in your Bibles, you can look back at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And as he's concluding the, the chapter in 1 Corinthians 9... He says in verse 24, he said, Do you not know those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? He says, Run in such a way that you may obtain it. He goes on, he says, Everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we, for an imperishable crown, therefore I run, thus not one with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But notice in verse 27, as he brings his thoughts together, he says, But I discipline my body. And bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. He says, within this race I run, I have to consider, to contemplate, and think about myself. He said, or else I might become disqualified and then he's going to reach back to this old testament uh this old testament story and he ties this conclusion in chapter 9 of i have to take care of myself i have to protect myself spiritually so that i can receive the crown so that i can be saved so that i can receive the prize back in verse 24 and he compares that with the reality of what took place with the children of israel in the wilderness. Think back to Exodus chapter 17. We'll go back there in just a little bit. In Exodus chapter 17, the children of Israel had already been delivered out of Egypt. They had seen all the marvelous works that were shown to Pharaoh. They had heard of all the news of the great things that had happened. They had seen the effects of the Passover. And their firstborn were spared. And you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1 and it says that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea firsthand. They were there walking through the the coverage of Christ as the cloud was on top of them. The, The walls of water surround them on each side. They're baptized, they're immersed, they're covered by it. God's protection is all around them. They see it firsthand. And they were delivered once again from Egypt and from Pharaoh. They come and pursue them and we see that same deliverance. How they were able to pass through the sea, swallowed up their enemies. But the story goes on as you come down to verse 5 and 6 in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And God's still not satisfied with their heart. 
There's still a heart problem with these people. They saw firsthand all the plagues that came on Egypt. They saw firsthand the the opening up of the sea, walking across on dry land. They lived it. And you get down to verse 5 and 6, it says, But with most of them, God was not well pleased. He said, For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. He says in verse 6, Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. He said, You got to see Christ. He says in verse 4, That rock was smitten for you, water flowed forth. And yet the problem is their heart didn't change. Their heart wasn't in it. They didn't give their life to Christ. It didn't matter who was smitten for them. In verse 5, some of those people, some of those bodies were scattered. He says, most of them God was not well pleased. The problem was they hadn't had a heart correction. And that's a scary thought. Remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I run the race, not as I'm beating the air, but I'm competing for a prize, he says at the end. The last verse, he says, lest I myself should be disqualified. He said, you better be careful. Did God give them water in the wilderness? Absolutely. Did God protect them from Pharaoh? Absolutely. Did God free them from Pharaoh? Absolutely. Did he baptize them, cover them with the cloud as they passed through the sea? Absolutely. And their hearts still weren't in it. And because of that, Paul says in verse 27, he says, I don't want to be disqualified. He said, I'm going to buffet myself. He said, I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection. I consider very carefully how committed I am to Christ. Just moments ago, we sang the song, As the Deer Pants for the Water. I I requested this one when Jacob uh, asked me what he should sing. As the deer pants for the water, the picture is a necessity. Okay? A necessity. As the deer panted for the water, it wasn't just a, a new Corvette. It wasn't just a bigger house. No, we're talking about something the deer had to have. Survival was in question. Without water, surely death will come. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Today we're going to look at some necessities as we consider the smitten rock. First off, as you consider the necessities, let's go back to Exodus... And let's consider the story as it's first told. Exodus chapter 16. We're going to look at a few different verses here as we go through. Beginning in verse 5. Or verse 15, excuse me. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another... What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. You go back to 
1 Corinthians chapter 10, you get down to verse 3, and he said they all ate the same spiritual food. Manna, bread from heaven. Notice that was given to them. How hard they worked for it. They didn't. All they had to do was to eat it. They had to pick it up and to place it in their mouth. They had the spiritual food. They had this bread from heaven. You know, but that's not quite good enough. Drop down to chapter 17. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Then all the congregation of all the children of Israel, congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Is that a problem? Absolutely, that's a problem. If you've ever run a race and at the end of the race you're really thirsty, I believe the word is parched. You need some water, you know it's important. Right then, there's a lot of things in the world that aren't quite so important. Let's say you didn't have water all day. You're getting on the second day, you're super thirsty. What's the most important thing to you? As the deer pants for the water, you understand a necessity. They say there's no, no water for the people. Here's the problem, verse 2. Therefore, the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? I think about Moses, and I can't help but think of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, where he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What's he talking about? Well, drop back to verse 32, and he says, Your necessities. I remember as a young boy going up in grade school, and, and they, they teach us, you know, there's three main necessities in life. You've got to have food, you've got to have water, and you've got to have shelter. You go back to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 32. Uh, God would have called it food, water, and raiment, but you've got necessities of life. You can't live without them. You've got to have them. You've got to have them to be taken care of. In Exodus chapter 17, they understood at this point that we need water. What's the deal with Moses? Moses understands that God didn't bring them out here to die. God would take care of them and we don't need to be contentious. We don't need to go and, and rile something up. God will take care of you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first. That's our promise today. Put God first, the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, put God first in all ways. And all these things, the necessities, will be taken care of, shall be added unto you. All right, back to Exodus chapter 17, verse 2. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said, why do, you why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why it is, is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? He said, Look, you brought us here to die. So some good it did getting us out of Egypt. That didn't help us getting away from Pharaoh. The Israelites had been provided so much and now they murmur. They complain against God. Drop down to verse 7. At the very end, 
They complain and they continue to, to speak. And it says, because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? God? God brought us here? Yeah, right, Moses. Is he even among us? We're thirsty. Were they dying? They weren't dead. They weren't dying yet. God was going to care for them. He always was. And here they are complaining. Is the Lord among us or not? You go down to verse 4. Or back to verse 4. Moses is told to strike the rock. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, What shall I do with this people? They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. And take in your hand your rod which you struck the rip with the river and go. He says in verse 16, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Moses is told, strike the rock. Moses strikes the rock so that the elders of Israel witness the water coming forth. As we look at these necessities, these things that were needed, no doubt they were necessities. It was something that was important. For life to go on, they needed it. Think about the New Testament and the correlation. John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, we see that Christ is the satisfier of all necessities. Verse 31, it says, Our fathers ate the man in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Lord, give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. He said, you want to talk about necessities. I am the bread of life. I will make it so that you never hunger again, so that you never thirst. The most important things that could ever transpire are provided by Christ, the satisfier. He satisfies our needs. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we see in verse 3, they were provided food. We see in verse 4, they drank of the same spiritual drink. They were provided drink. And he says, the drink of that rock. As they drank of it, that rock, he says, was Christ. For just a little bit, let's look at the rock and the Christ. And we'll recognize the correlation there. The rock was smitten. The rock as it, as it was there was doing nothing. It just stood there. And yet when the rock was smitten, 
we see that great things come from it. We see an abundance of water comes from it. As you go back and you look at the the parallel in Isaiah chapter 53, in Isaiah chapter 53, he's making reference to the offering or the sacrifice of our Lord. And in Isaiah chapter 53, he refers to the Christ as smitten. Notice in verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken. It says in verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. His chastisement for our peace was upon him. It says, and by his stripes we were healed. We are healed. You look at the rock. The chastisement of the rock provided them with water so that they could live. The chastisement of Christ provided blood that we could have true life. That we could have spiritual life that we looked at in John chapter 6. Notice not only did the water provide water, not only did the rock provide the water, but it provided an abundance of water. There is abundance of water that is found in Christ. In Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17 it says... It came freely. There was plenty to go around. Let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Revelation 22 and verse 17. It's there and it's in abundance. You go back to the wilderness. They had water and they had an abundance. They could be filled. Their flocks could be filled and there was water To go around. Before the rock was smitten, there was no water. Before the Christ, we didn't have true forgiveness. We didn't have the sins being washed away, remitted. But rather they had an offering. Year by year, to push it forward, as you look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 through 4. Notice, death is imminent without the water. As there in the wilderness, as you can imagine yourself being out in a desert place, no water to be found, dying of thirst. The reality is you're going to die unless you get some water. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, we see that death is imminent for us without the blood of Christ. Hebrews chapter 2, Chapter 2, in verse 9 it says, But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. It says that he might, by the grace of God, might taste of death for everyone. He tasted of death for you. Why? Because otherwise, surely you would die. Christ provides spiritual Live. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22, it says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. He says, And without shedding of blood, notice, there is no remission. Prior to the rock being smote, there was no water. Prior to Christ being smote, smote, we didn't have the living water that provided remission. 
Notice that the rock stood with prominence. It was superior. It was greater than all others. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 15, among other places, it refers to Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. There's none that compare to him. That rock that stood in the, stood in the wilderness was there with prominence. It was, you know, Chevrolet used to have the commercials. It was like a rock. It was this strong, firm picture. And when you look at the Christ, there was nothing that could compare to it. What's going to break that? Nothing. What's stronger, a better king? What's, what's more in control and more powerful? Nothing. Christ stood superior to all others. Which king do you compare to the Christ? He said he is king of kings and lord of lords. I want you to notice also that rock was smitten before the elders in Israel. They all stood by and they watched. Well, let's go back to the Christ. What happened is Christ was hung there upon the cross in the midst of the people. We're talking about a public mockery, a shame. They put him up there so that all can see. You know, there's sometimes you can get disciplined and no one's around and it doesn't hurt quite so bad. Well, they hung Christ on the cross so that it could be a public shaming. Christ was smitten before the people. You look at Luke chapter 23, verse 23 and 24. Later we see they yelled, crucify him, crucify him. Who? The crowds. They stood by and they watched. The rock was there. And the elders of Israel also saw it. People still had to partake of the water to enjoy. Notice that fact. The water came out of the rock when Moses smote it just as God had commanded. But I promise you one thing. If you are dumb enough to be in the desert and to see the rock come forth with water and you choose not to drink, you will surely die. Now let me tell you the correlation. If you have the opportunity to look and study from God's Word and you see the Son of Christ give His life for you and you are dumb enough not to give your life to Him, listen to me very carefully, you will surely die. Think of Romans chapter 6. In verse 23, he says, For the wages of sin is death, but listen, but the gift, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, through our Lord. If I give you a Christmas present this year, McKinley, McKinley has a birthday today. If I were to give McKinley a $20 bill, and I said, here it is, it's for you and she wasn't willing to take it, the gift would never do her any good. Jesus Christ hung on the cross and gave the gift. And my question is, will it do you any good? It's not up to me. I'm telling you the gift has been presented. And my question is, will you be a partaker? If you look at Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9, Christ became the author of eternal salvation. Listen, 
Listen. To all, this is key, that obey Him. Do you want to partake of the gift? The opportunity is yours. As you look at the smitten rock, the water flowed forth. It's available. It's free to partake of. But they still had to partake. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 30, it says, Truly the times of ignorance God overlooked. He winked at. But now He commends all men everywhere. He tells them, hey, repent. In the wilderness, they received the water. But there was still an expectation on their part. There was still something that had to take place. You look at Acts chapter 16 and verse 30, it says, And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do? If you see the gift given, and you want to be a partaker, the wisest question you could ever say is, How can I be a part? How can I partake of the gift? Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, they did the same thing. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, it says they were pricked in their hearts and they said, men and brethren, what must we do? What do we have to do? How do we fix it? We messed up. The rock was smote. It was smitten for you. But I want you to notice one more thing about the rock. As the story goes on and back in Exodus, continue forward to Numbers. In Numbers chapter 20, as you know, there comes a time that Moses gets in trouble because he was told to speak to the rock. Numbers chapter 20, as you go 7 through verse 13, we see that... uh, Verse 11, Moses lifted his hand, he struck the rock twice with the rod, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. They received water again, but what's the reality? Moses is prevented from going into the promised land. That seems pretty harsh. Didn't God tell him to smite the rock the first time? He sure did. God said, smite the rock and water will come forth. The second time he said, speak to the rock. I remember always wondering, well, that sure doesn't seem fair. You know, he told him once to smite it. Why couldn't he get away with hitting it the second time? And I think in, Roman, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we see all the reason why. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the picture, the correlation... It says in verse 4, was, that rock was Christ. In Numbers chapter 20 and verse 12, it said that God wasn't hallowed in the sight of the people in smiting the rock the second time. It wasn't according to God's command. It wasn't according to God's design. Why? Within the design, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that rock was Christ. 
The rock that was struck the first time is a picture of Jesus Christ being struck for our sins. The blessing of water the second time was to be accessed. It was to be reached by speaking to the rock if you go to Numbers chapter 20 and verse 8. And when you look at the correlation and you see why God says it's a big deal when God said speak to the rock. In 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 says the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, I gave you the wrong one. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Notice, for Christ also suffered... Christ also suffered once for sins. Christ was the perfect sacrifice. Do you understand? Hebrews chapter 10, 1 through 4. In the old law, the children of Israel offered sacrifices year by year. Why? They did not have a perfect sacrifice. Notice very carefully. Moses smites the rock again. Jesus Christ suffered once. What's the picture? Beat him all over again. And that's not God's design. For that, Moses was withheld from going to the promised land. Christ was supposed to suffer once. The picture of the rock being smote, being hit, was the picture of our Lord being sacrificed, beaten, mocked and ridiculed for our sins so that water could flow forth so that you could live freely. Within what Moses did when he hits it the second time, he messes up the picture. And because of that, God says, that's not right. You'll surely be punished because you didn't do what I asked you to do. We see we have access to the blood of Christ through his sacrifice. We talk about one baptism. After we've given our life to Christ, if we mess up, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You see, there's a difference. Christ suffered once. Second time he was told to speak to it. Here's the reality. God's desire is all partake of the spiritual water that gives life. Now in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing, listen, that any should perish, but what's God's desire? That all should come to repentance. Does God want you to partake of the life-giving water? Absolutely. The availability is there. It's freely, it's abundant. 
The gospel message is for all mankind. Go back to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all men, to the Jew first and also the Greek. He said, you are a part of the plan. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I ask you why not. Do you understand that the rock has been struck Our Lord has been sacrificed. The gift has been given. And He is the Lord of all who obey Him. If you're willing to give your life to Christ, it's very simple. Understanding that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, be willing to turn away from sin. Say, I'm not in the sinning business. I'm giving my life to Christ. I want to be a partaker of that bread of life. Of the water with which I'll never thirst because I understand I'm looking at a spiritual side of life where there is hope that compares to no other. I want to be buried in the water just as Jesus was buried in the tomb and I want to rise to live for him. Yet not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. If you haven't given your life to Christ, it's time to make a change. Come as we stand and sing.